Hello and welcome to episode nine of Fitter and Faster. My name is Emma Kate Lidberry, your host and managing editor here at Triathlete Magazine. On today's show, we're joined by sports psychologist Jeff Troche. Jeff has worked in the sports psychology field since the late 80s, and over the course of his 30 plus years' experience in the field, he's helped athletes, both professionals and amateurs, in sports such as track and field, tennis, golf, surfing, and most recently, triathlon. In this episode, Jeff gives us an insight into his work as a mental coach and goes into details about the mental training he does with many of his athletes, what it involves and how it can help, not just for training and performance, but in daily life too. All of that after this quick break. Wish you were in early on some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. Our crowd investors were, and now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing, like Beyond Meat, or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in TechSee, a software startup that helps technicians and customer service teams see what the customer sees without ever stepping inside their home or office. It's safe easy and already revolutionizing how companies like Vodafone, Verizon and Samsung support their customers. You can get in early on TechSee and other unique opportunities at ourcrowd.com slash fitter faster. If you're interested in investing, you need to join our crowd. The our crowd account is free. Just go to ourcrowd.com slash fitter faster. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I've known you many years and, uh, you are one of the smartest guys in the in the sports like industry. Tell us a little bit about your background and your experience in sports psychology. And uh, yeah, go. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. I'm I'm uh, honored to be uh, in front of you here. Um, I don't know if I'm one of the smartest guys or not, but I but I do know that I've been fortunate enough to be um, successful with a lot of athletes. Um, my background is my actually my 33rd year of doing mental training for athletes and. I've got a relatively diverse background relative to the sports in which I've worked, um, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, uh, Olympic development programs in a number of sports. Um, I've traveled on both both the men's and women's tours and, uh, and tennis and the golf world. And um, really about, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, I, I started getting some some traction in, in the track and field world initially as I started working with some athletes preparing for uh, their Olympic Games and had some success there and that sort of spun off into me being introduced to some triathletes. And right. so I would say it's probably, it's probably been about eight years or so, um, in, in my, in my experience that I've been, um, I've been connecting with, um, elite level, um, triathletes, but also, also some at the not elite level, um, just, uh, age groupers or weekend warriors who are just looking to, to manage that, um, that part of their, their process, um, well. And so, um, I've been I've been really fortunate to to uh, get some reps with a, with a number of triathletes. Very cool, and obviously, as you've previously explained, it's not your policy to talk about who you work with. But amongst your tri- triathlete clientele, you've got some you've got world champions, you've got seventy point three, uh, you've got um, North American champions, you've 
you've got a whole host of uh, of superstars that you've been working with and helping, right, on their journeys. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, again, I'm 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 humbled by the opportunity to get in front of some of the best. Um, as you said, world champions, North American champions, Ironman seventy point three uh, sprint sprint champions, uh, Olympic medalists, uh, and and I've gotten a little dabbled a little bit in the collegiate uh, tri world as well. So. A spread across the a spread across the spectrum, um, but uh, yeah, have, I've worked with the the absolute world best, and and I've also worked with people who are you know trying triathlon on for size just to see if it fits in their lifestyle, and and uh, so for me, I, I'm I've always been motivated by motivated athletes, and it's less about chasing the the top dogs and and associating myself with them, and it's more about is somebody really willing to do the work to to improve themselves from a mental emotional perspective, and. I'm on board irrespective of where they are in their process or, or what level of competency they have. Right. So talk to us, uh, to begin with, maybe talk to us about mental training and what it is and what it involves. I mean, and who, who you know, who can do it? Um, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's something we, we hear a lot about in pop culture, but uh, somebody with your experience and your background, I would imagine, has a very different take on, on that. Yeah, I, I probably do. You know, it's an interesting question. It's one I'm asked often. You know, it's it's the cocktail party thing where, frankly, <laughs> I really try to I really try to hide what I do because it's it, it sometimes elicits a very long explanation, or I feel as though you know sometimes it's like trying to justify the 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 benefits of it or trying to explain the benefits of it. And, and right. quite honestly, three decades into it, I'm a little weary of doing that. And mm-hmm. although nowadays it's a, it's, it's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more receptivity to it. And a lot of people have had a lot more exposure to the, to, you know, mental training and sports psychology than back when I first started and where it was probably one of 50 people in the United States actually doing it in a applied basis. But, um, the, the essence of it, I, I heard, I heard a sports psychologist the other day, explain that, explain it this way. And I, I felt like it was pretty good where, um, he essentially said that, you know, what, what we're there to do uh, largely is to help athletes understand their why, um, help them understand, like, why, why are they doing what they're doing? And to be very clear and concrete about that and make sure that there's healthiness re- related to that. Um, secondly, is to help with self-regulation, um, with managing emotion, with managing internal physiology, with managing all the stuff that happens, you know, cognitively and, and internally. Um, and then, and then lastly is to develop systems or routines or rituals to help people um, move towards what I what I have called for years um, conscious competency um, a, a lot of times athletes will approach me initially I'll be involved with an athlete and they're sort of unconsciously competent like they're, they're good at what they do but they're not really sure why they are or they're not really sure the mechanisms that are consistently applied that help them be um, a high high level athlete and so it'll be a little bit of, why'd you race so well what was what Oh, I don't know. I just woke up and I felt great. It's like, okay, well, that's unconscious competency. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, good. I hope you wake up well two weeks from now. You know, um, so what 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 I feel like we can do as mental trainers is to help people. You know, one sl- one slice of what we can do is to help people move towards a higher level of awareness of the mechanisms that help them create consistent internal environments, which mm-hmm. then they can create if they can create that on a consistent basis, apply it in their training, apply it in their in their competition, then not only are they you know, disciplined from a physical perspective, but they're also disciplined from a mental perspective. And that combination is, is actually uh, uh, pretty strong. And, and a lot of people work their rear ends off. A lot of triathletes really work hard on the physical side, um, but they sort of leave the mental side to chance. And, and there's a bit of randomness there for a lot of people. 
And so what we do is uh, build skills around that, working collaboratively with the athlete. Yeah, why do you think that is, that people work so hard? You know, we swim, bike and run until we're blue in the face. But um, the mental side of things is often still left to chance, as you say. Why, why is that? I think, I think part of it is, is it's, not, it's not very tangible, you know? Um, uh, you know. So if I were to say, hey, go run th- you know, this far or this fast, it's like, okay, I, can, I know how far that is. And, I, and I, I can see it on a stopwatch, right? If I say, hey, change your thoughts from this to this or m- be aware of when your mind wanders to that. It's, it's just a little more nebulous, a little less, a little less tangible for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, also, I also feel as though people assume that the, that mental training is sort of like just applying tips. I, I, again, I get back to the cocktail conversation. I get all the time, like, well, give me, give me one tip. Like, what would you tell somebody who, whatever, you know, it's a, to me and, and I get where people are coming from. Uh, and, and I, I know I lo- no longer find it offensive, <laughs> but, but it, for me, it's a little bit like going to, you know, a, a, a highly accomplished strength and conditioning person and saying, you know, give me one exercise that's going to help me be awesome in my sport. It's like, well, first of all, to give you one, and then do you know how to practice it? And do you know how to apply it? So I think a lot of times people think the mental piece is a little bit like, oh, here's some bullet point tips. If you go do that, it's going to be all well. It is, I, I look at it very much like, uh, like the weight room. Um, and I, that's why I call myself a strength and conditioning coach. I, I just strengthen and condition the mind. And it's really about understand what to do, how to do it, and apply it on a consistent basis. So, and, and, and thus, it's like we go from mental education, which is an understanding of the concepts, but then ultimately a mental training, which is applying it on a day-to-day basis. And, and I think, again, that's where a lot, of, to directly address your question, that's, I think that's where people fall short, is they're not really sure how to apply it, and they're not sure when to apply it. And, and often they are, don't apply it on a consistent enough basis that mm-hmm. they, they really get the, they, they get the benefit of it as quickly as they might like. Right. So, yeah. And so in your experience of working with triathletes, you know, it's obviously, it's a demanding sport. It's a challenging sport. Um, it's why, you know, it's why a lot of people are drawn to it. Right. Um, but which obviously brings its own physical demand. It brings its own physical demands, but it also brings a, t- a host of mental and emotional demands. Um, what have you, in your, in your experience working with triathletes, what have you seen to be the most challenging aspects of the sport from a mental point of view? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there are a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I guess one, that's a huge question. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's, and that's good. I mean, um, I, I mean, I'll, we'll go wherever you want to go here because really any of these threads I think are true for a lot of people. Um, you know, one is is for people who are who are training at a, in a in a serious way, um, it creates a real challenge for um, work life balance or mm-hmm. training life balance. Yeah. Um, and so, just the whole notion of how to <clears throat> how to manage the rest of my life while I'm doing what is required in order for me to be a high level triathlete, even for the weekend warriors or age groupers or, or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, you know, for many of them, they don't have the luxury of doing it on a full time basis. Um, but even those who do triathlete professionally on a full-time basis. Um, uh, obviously they have other things going on in their life and, and there's this whole idea of, you know, how do I build relationship? How do I, you know, stay connected with my, whatever else? Um, how do I have a, a social life when I'm going to bed at, you know, so early and getting up so early and I'm exhausted every day and people don't understand why, you know, it's my job to ride a bike and they think that that's a joke. And so there's, 
there's all these elements related to, um, for the professional traffic, there's all these elements related to almost trying to justify to others why they're doing what they're doing until mm-hmm. they raise the big trophy over their head and they're cashing big checks. Then all yeah. of a sudden, oh, I get it now, right? Okay, because you filled your pocket with cash, right? But for the but which, the, as we the know, many, doesn't help for you know, doesn't doesn't often happen for a long time. Doesn't often happen. Yeah, this, well, it doesn't and, often and happen. Period. <laughs> it, it, it sometimes doesn't happen at all for people because obviously not everybody becomes a champion, right? Not everybody yep. can really earn a, a quality living doing something like professional triathlon. Yeah, um, and so it it becomes something where. You know, there's this whole notion of, of of feeling like I have to justify what I'm doing to the people around me because they sort of think I'm crazy. I'm doing this crazy thing of, you know, sw- swim, bike, run, which for again for the average person is just crazy in and of itself. Like, wh- why would you do that to yourself? And then why would you do that to yourself every day? And then why would you do that for a living? So there's all these there's all these things, right? And 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 as I said, back to the age groupers and weekend warriors. Um, you know, many of them work, many of them have families, many of them, you know, children, whatever spouses and that whole balance of this constant tension of, you know, trying to help people manage wherever I am, I feel like I should be somewhere else. Mm. You know, I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm on my bike and I should be with my kids or I'm with my family and I got, I got to get my run in. And so there's, there's all this stuff, right. That becomes like, how do you stay present? Um, how do you, how do you, you know, manage your internal environment so that you're accepting of the challenges that are, are that are real um, with being a triathlete? And, and I feel like that's that's one of the big ones among many is just helping people process all that stuff that's that surrounds um, the whole notion of training um, um, well and competing uh, competing well. And how do you do that? How do you help somebody in that situation? You know, a lot of our listeners will definitely identify with that that lifestyle when I'm out running yeah. I think I'm thinking about work when I'm at work I'm thinking about the workout I, I should have done this morning or I'm thinking about you know there's it's a I think it's a constant juggling act it's a constant balancing act and it doesn't always work and so and and the and the I think the mental narrative that goes on in the background is very important um you know it, it can lead to more stress or it can help you know reduce that stress level right well I, I think uh again to directly address your question and at the risk of sounding evasive the 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 solution or the answer for everyone is going to be slightly different right um because everyone has her or his own circumstance and and so again what it really is about is about helping the athlete dig through what is real for them and helping them frame in healthy perspective um you know what they can reasonably expect or ask of themselves and then oftentimes it's about helping them um have quality and effective conversations with the people in their world mm-hmm. to help to basically develop a support system around them that at, at least accepts where they are if they don't understand if they don't understand it that mm-hmm. at least an acceptance of it or at least sort of a checking off of it um so that rather than because for a lot of them it's a little bit like i don't know what my husband's thinking or you know my wife thinks i'm like this and you know i'm feeling the tension my kids or whatever it's like well have you spoken with your wife you know about well not really i just know she's really frustrated with me or you know, do your kids know about daddy doing it? Well, they sort of, but, you know, so, so part of it is just helping, helping create strategies on how to communicate it well, how to frame it well internally and how to stay very consistent with, um, the, the notion of acceptance of, of, you know, this is really, really hard. One thing athletes tell me all the time when I'm working with them, and it's, it's funny to me because of what they do, it's because what they do from a physical perspective is so difficult. I hear all the time, my gosh, the mental stuff, this, this whole thing is just so hard. And, you know, at at the risk of sounding unprofessional, my response almost always is like, no shit. Um, You know, it's, 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 it's really hard. 
it's really hard to balance something that is that takes up an extraordinary amount of time and energy um, and to add that to a life that is typically already full. Um, and so um, rather than getting you know caught up in how hard it is, let's talk about strategies for you per- personally and for you specifically. Let's customize that so that you can manage this to the most in the most effective way possible. Right, right, right. And I would imagine that a lot of that comes back to something you mentioned earlier, which is your why. You know, why are you doing that? And maybe let's talk a little bit about your why in 2020, right? Because an unprecedented year where I've heard coaches of, of athletes across the sport uh, say, I have to tell my, I, I'm having to guide my athletes, whether they're professional, whether they're you know, age groupers, I'm having to guide my athletes in really helping them to figure out their why in order to keep them motivated. You know, it's, uh, when we had Matt Dixon on the show a while back, that was one of his big talking points was like, all my athletes have to figure out their why. And um, in in 2020, where obviously there's been no races or very, very few races, um, is that something you're working with athletes a lot on? Is that something that's obviously unique to this year, I'm guessing? Yeah, working on why is not unique to this year, but the the answer applied is unique to this year. Obviously, a a, a unique year in human history and anyone who's alive never experienced something like this. Um, Certainly, certainly it's that. And the, the one, the the sort of, and, and I will throw a, my little bullet point tip, even though, as like I said, I just, I loathe doing it. But my, my, my one little tip has been, and it's sort of been well applied across every level of try, has been the why being when we can race, I want to be prepared. Yeah. And I, most, most every, most every competitive triathlon, triathlon athlete wants to step on the starting line, knowing that she is fully prepared to execute well. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know yet when that day one is going to be, right? I mean, yeah. there are obviously there are some places in the world where some of this is happening, but for the most part, these things are you know delay, 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 postpone, postpone. And I also appreciate that periodizing one's preparation elements becomes extremely challenging when we keep kicking the starting line can down the road, right? Yeah. But um, none, nonetheless, um, I, I, I feel as though what's gotten good traction with the athletes with whom I'm working has been the notion that they want to stand on the starting line knowing that independent of whether they raced in 2020 or they haven't raced since whenever mm-hmm. that their goal, the goal to be applied. And it's something that yeah, you, you know, is a big part of my philosophy. My philosophy, it doesn't matter the year. doesn't matter what level doesn't matter any of that. The goal for me with the athletes with whom I work is always get one day better every day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only goal I ever really care about with the athletes. I mean, I, I hear that you want to win a world championship. I get that you want to get a gold medal. I get that you want to, you know, win your age group or whatever. And, and I'm not poo-pooing that. And I, and I obviously get that that's a driver for people uh, and I'm not anti-goal setting at all. But what I, what I am really fixated on with my athletes is get better today. And you can do that independent of whether you have a race in a week or you have a race in a year. And I, I think there's a lot of value in the, being purposeful. The why being about get I'm going to get better every day. Mm-hmm. I want to be I want to be prepared when we do start. Okay, yep. and to be really really purposeful about going into every day with clarity and intention about what my getting better is going to look like, and right. then feedback a feedback loop at the end of the day of uh, yes, I did. No, I didn't. Here are my adjustments for tomorrow. And of course, most people really are looking forward to competing again. 
But at the end of the day, you know, my why can be just the pride that comes from knowing that I'm being additive to my skill set, additive to my experience, additive to my wisdom through my training so that I'm faster, stronger, ready to go when it's when the when the green light comes on. So it could be as simple and as short term as setting goals for every every single day or every or every single week in order to exactly. in order to help guide you down the road to whenever this this moving, this moving start line might be. Exactly that. You know, and as I, I used the word earlier, I'll, I'll say again, you know, for, I, I don't, I don't call what I teach mental toughness. I'm for whatever reason, I don't love that phrase. Um, but I, I see, I see what I teach as mental discipline uh, because for me, it's whether you're tough or you're not tough, you can be disciplined internally and be consistent. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, when I, and part of, part of being consistent is consistently adapting, consistently adjusting, and, and so I, I see this as an opportunity for athletes to work on their internal discipline, making adaptations and adjustments on a day-to-day basis, all of which builds the kinds of requisite internal skills that we will apply when racing begins again. Um, and so I, I want to make sure that the athletes with whom I work don't forfeit this opportunity to build resilience, to build adaptability, to build some of the internal skills that have direct correlation to to being highly competitive once once we get going again. Right. One of the most important things in investing is investing at the right time. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in TechSee, a software startup that helps technicians and customer service teams see what the customer sees without ever stepping inside their home or office. You can get in early on TechSee and other unique opportunities at ourcrowd.com slash fitterfaster. If you're interested in investing, you need to join our crowd. The Our Crowd account is free. Just go to ourcrowd.com slash fitterfaster. Okay, so Jeff, what are some of the most common issues that you have helped triathletes deal with? I know goal setting is obviously is obviously a big one, and when we when we talk about goal setting, we're we're looking at process goals and outcome oriented goals, right? Do you want to talk us a little bit uh, talk to us a little bit about those and how I know they're worlds apart in your in your view they're worlds apart. So let's right. dive into those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I as I said earlier. Um, the, the the outcome result goals of winning a championship or you know uh, making a, having a personal best um, those those kinds of things I think are drivers for people they're motivating for people they're inspiring to people I think that that's all good um, the challenge is what do you do with that information what do you do with that desire and one of the ways I try to make a distinction with people is is to make to make a distinction between awareness and attention. So I, I'm, I'm, I think it's really helpful for, for people to be aware of their result goals, aware of their outcome goals, but put their attention on the process and task, mm-hmm. the little stair steps of how to get to that place. And so, yes, I want, uh, I want personal best next time I'm out racing, or yes, I want to win that medal, or yes, I want to you know, um, make the Olympic team or whatever it might be, all good. The challenge is... is you know, let, let's, let's, let's use, let's use the Olympics as an example. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, frankly, I don't know what they're going to do with the qualifying for 2021, but I can tell you right. in the lead up to the, to what, to what was going to be the 2020, um, <clears throat> that someone with whom I was working, you know, started a few years ago and, and, you know, c- got caught up in, am I going to be good enough? 
am I going to be good enough to qualify? And, you know, this whole qualify, qualify thing. And, you know, what I tried to impress upon her, and it actually worked out really well. Um, what I tried to impress upon her back to the one day better piece is, hey, you know, uh, the qualification is in 400 days. Um, mm -hmm. In 400 days, we don't know whether you're going to perform well enough to to make the team or not. But what we do know is if you do your damnedest, you're going to be 400 days better in 400 days. Yep. And so that, and if you step to the starting line in the qualifier, 400 days better than you were today, then you, you can rest with the satisfaction knowing that you did absolutely everything that you could. Yeah. And so that started that, again, that generated a daily weekly and then daily process orientation of what are the things, and this is obviously collaborative with her coach, because I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a triathlon coach. You, you mentioned Matt Dixon. He's someone who, with whom I work closely with some of his athletes. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and there, and there's several others out there with whom I work and it's like, okay, what, what do you, what do you want this athlete to do? You know, what, what's the, what's the intention for this week? Um, and then, uh, you know, working collaboratively with the coach, here's what, here's what the training looks like. And then working with the athlete on a day-to-day -day basis for them to be really clear about, um, how they how they see little wins on a day to day basis, and those things, you know, they they might be about wattage, they might be about numbers, they might be about those kinds of things, and that's another whole topic we could talk about. How some people get very caught up in those things and, and yeah. very distracted by those things, um, which may or may not be beneficial to the to depending on the athlete. But in the end, it's it's about chunking out those little tasks, those little processes that ultimately give us the best chance. Um, to, to be successful as it relates to our outcome. You know, mm -hmm. my, one of my, I've got a million little coach phrases that I use. And, and one of them is, is, you know, there's, there's no, no matter how hard you work, there's no guarantee of your outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people want some sort of reassurance or some sort of like, if I do this, then I'm going to get the cookie at the end. And no, actually, <laughs> I'm all you're doing is increasing your odds. I, I'm a big believer in like increase your odds. Um, I want you to step to the starting line feeling like you really increase the odds that you are going to have the outcome success that you desire, but there's no guarantee of that. And so, again, part of building into process orientation and goal setting is is also an acceptance that the outcome is something that we don't have control over. All we can do is prepare as if we deserve a good outcome and mm -hmm. stand on that starting line knowing that we have the capacity to potentially achieve what we want to achieve. Right, and when you think about some sports, and, and and when you and you think specifically about, say, long course triathlon, Ironman, where you're racing for well, right. you know, prof professionals, anything from seven to nine hours, and age groupers up anything up to sixteen, seventeen hours, that's a long time to manage a lot of different outcomes, many of which you are not necessarily fully in control of. So. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about controlling the controllables and, and the work that you do helping athletes there, because that's something yeah. that I know, it, I know. I know that's something that you've done a lot of work with different athletes on. Um, right, right. Yeah, and, helping, and, that, helping. and that's kind of tied into outcomes and process too, right? Oh, 100% it is, yeah. Um, and, a, and a big part of that is helping the athlete define for herself or himself exactly what is controllable, what's fully in your control. Mm -hmm. And what things do you in what things do you influence? Yep. What things do you control? And what things do you have no control over whatsoever? Right. right? <clears throat> absolutely holding yourself accountable to the controllables. Um, absolutely working as hard as you can with the things that you can that you influence. Um, and learning the really challenging work of identifying and letting go of the things of, that that you don't control. Yeah. Um, so. 
you know, so as it relates to, you know, fully controllable, the, the easiest way that I've, and again, in sort of soundbite here without getting into a, you know, five hour discussion about it, but a soundbite here and maybe that what can be helpful as a, a sort of an overview is the, is the, the, the acronym ACE is something that I encourage people to recognize as controllables. It's attitude, concentration, and effort. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's all that we can really control. As far as anything that we really control falls under those headlines, those headings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, attitudinally, what, what kind of a mindset am I bringing in? How am I responding to adversity? How am I managing disappointment? All those kinds of things. That's all attitudinal for me. And those things are all a choice that we make to think in a particular way, which is, you know, an easy kind of soundbite to throw out. And it's very challenging to do. And that's a part of the mental discipline process and the training process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Concentr- the concentration piece, the C and ACE is the concentration piece. And, you know, a lot of people have a tendency to be, you know, sort of squirrely with their focus and concentration, particularly over seven to nine hours or 15 hours or whatever, or, yeah. you know, our attention or focus can go anywhere. Very normal. You know, again, there's, there's nothing, you know, pathological about that. The challenge is to help people with strategies on how to get your attention back to what is most productive. Yes. Um, and so, and, and that's, that's kind of under the heading of attentional control and, and having people learn how to make purposeful attentional shifts mm-hmm. so that your attention is on the most productive thing at the most productive time. Not very productive to be worried about, oh my gosh, is my quad going to make it for the next 14 miles? You know, way more productive to be, you know, having your, uh, your attention on something that's, that's going to help you, you know, manage well over the next 14 miles instead of fixating on what my quad feels like, um, right. as an example. Um, and, and the effort piece, you know, sort of feels like a throwaway, but, but, you know, I, I, one thing I have definitely learned in being around the highest level athletics for, you know, three decades plus is that often people don't really, really understand the level of effort that's required to be great. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think often, I think often they think, oh, good enough or, uh, and yeah, probably not because <laughs> the ones who really get after it at the highest levels, unless they are just insanely talented from a physiological perspective or something along with just amazingly blessed. And, you know, those are a handful of athletes in in whatever sport, the rest, the rest of the champions, they work their butts off. They, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no short, to me, there's no shortcut to excellence. There's no shortcut to mastery. And often people misunderstand the, the level of effort in terms of quantity and the, the intensity of effort in terms of quality of effort. And that means mental effort. That means, that means physical effort. That means effort related to nutritional dis- discipline, re- you know, recovery discipline. All those things are effort based. It doesn't mean just like go hard. It mm-hmm. means go smart and do it and do it in a, you know, in a, in a very wise and well thought, thought out way. And um, effort around that is, is, you know, it, as I said earlier, it's one of the big, biggest I hear from you. Wow, this is really hard. Like, yeah, really? No kidding. Um, you know, <laughs> maximizing, trying to be a champion is really freaking hard. Um, but, uh, so attitude, concentration, effort, if you at the end of your training session, if you at the end of your of your your training block, if you at the end of your competition can honestly look in the mirror and 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 be be as objective as you can be with yourself. And, you know, what kind of an ace score can I do? I give myself, you know, if I rate myself on a on hundred and each of those things, like what out of a hundred is my attitude, my concentration, my effort for that block, for that day, for that drill, for that whatever. Um, if you if you do really well with a high A score. I would like our, the athletes with whom I work to, to live well with whatever the result is because you just controlled your controllables, mm-hmm. right? And what we also see, which is no surprise, is that 
there's a significant correlation between a high ACE score and, and good outcomes. Right. Because when, when people are doing those things consistently well, the outcomes sort of take care of themselves as opposed to the fixation on the outcome starting to contaminate the attitude or contaminate the focus or, or, or managing or mismanaging the effort. Right. When you take, when you look taking care of the process, taking care of the details that you can control, the outcome pretty much takes care of, typically takes care of, you know, with a good, with some good luck and a tailwind, the outcome yeah, takes right. care of itself. Yeah. Um, but that can't be, that is not the same when then that's flipped around. You know, if you're focused solely on the outcome and you're forgetting every, all the things you can control, then that's usually when you get into trouble. Um, right. I can remember when I worked with you many years ago, I can remember you said, I, I used to always enjoy, I, I would often be at the front of a race, say after the swim and the bike. So I would be worried about people behind me, right? On the run. And I can often remember you saying to me, Emma Kate, what would you, what, if you want to run your best, what would you, what do you need to do? Right. And does that change whether you're, the, whether you're at the front of the race or the back of the race? And that was the one thing that kind of stayed with me and I continue, you know, I, I apply that in a bunch of different formats, but it's like, what are the things that you can take care of in order to take, that will help the, the outcome take care of itself? Um, exactly. Yeah. You, you focusing on how do I, how am I my best self? And we're, we're, we're sort of, you know, um, segueing a little bit into like the, the impact of others around me and how right. I allow that to influence my internal environment. Yep. Whether it's comparing comparing myself to them, which is a huge issue, yep. which we haven't even touched yet, um, <laughs> that, that's a that's a, that's a huge one, right? I mean, th this whole this whole comparative thing, and or oh, they're behind me, oh, she's in front of me, oh, they're alongside me, and yeah, it, from a tactical perspective, that that's the one place that for sure I want people to be wise in their tactical application of the knowledge of who maybe who's around me. I know she has a tendency to do this. You know, I want to be on her tail because of that, whatever. But that's that's a tactical thing as mm -hmm. opposed to, oh, my God, so-and-so's there. I hope the hell she doesn't whatever. And, oh, so-and-so's back there. And I know she's fast, so she's going to catch me. And that becomes a distraction to my concentration on my best in order for me to be my best. And if I'm my best today and that person happens to pass me or that person happens to beat me, I'm, I'm not going to put a smiley face on that as an athlete. It still sucks, right? Right. But I, but I, but I know that I did my best. I just got beat today. Right. Yep. As opposed as opposed to I lost it because I was not my best. I was not in my best form because I allowed myself to get distracted away from my best because I was worrying about something I don't control. Yep. So, you know, again, in the end, part part of being a highly competitive athlete is learning to accept that no matter what you do on a given day, no matter even if you're at your best, you, you still might you sp still might not be successful as it relates to the outcome that you desire. And that acceptance before you even tow the starting line, the, the, the best athletes that I work with accept the fact that they may not win today. Right. They're going to do their, they're going to do their damnedest to make sure that they do, but they accept the fact that, okay, you know, if, if it's, if it's meant to be, it's going to be, if it's not, it's not, it's going to be whatever it is. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do my damnedest, but they're not, they're not out there for eight, seven or eight or nine hours trying to avoid losing. They're mm -hmm. out there trying to be their best yes and and that's that that distinction seems subtle but it's it's huge when, when we're out there in a, in a competition or in a training session yes 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 and you've just touched on it there and i think it's probably a good time to segue into the self-comparison and the yeah you mentioned that that's something that comes up a lot in your work um and in triathlon 
it's you know obviously you're you're on a race course or you're or even in a, in a training you know training sessions workouts day to day if you're part of a training group the comparison with others is a huge part of um some some of that mental chatter that happens that's maybe not always you know that can be corrosive that's not always positive and that's something that you've helped a lot of athletes with right yeah i, w- I would say that's you know at, at or near the top of the list of things that i work with like virtually every athlete with whom i work um, has a tendency to be sidetracked by comparisons and whether it's whether it's me versus her or you know or him um or or me versus my my previous self Mm-hmm. Or, uh, like, you know, coming back from an injury or coming back from a layoff or coming back from a, a great performance. So this, this notion of, comp- of this comparative analysis gets me away from being present, gets me away from being where I am right now and being my best self today. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead what it does is it's a, it's a real distraction a- away from, you know, just, just staying focused on, on what I can do well. Right. And, and, but how do you, and how do you help people with this? You know, it's, we we talked when we when we spoke a few weeks ago. I know you mentioned social media and the and the role that plays in you know distracting people from staying focused on themselves. There's this continual you know every time you open whichever app you're using, you know there is this reminder of oh this is this is how this is how such and such is. This is how such and such trains or races or does or eats this or. And you said that that was obviously a big part of your always you know since well probably the last ten plus years that's been a big part of your work. It's, it's been huge. I mean, <clears throat> from the very beginning of my work, you know, the comparison to others has been a challenge, but the, the advent of the, of the smartphone and, and the notion of social media, I mean, it's, it's off the page. It's, it's unhinged relative to how distracted athletes become vis-a-vis, you know, me looking at myself versus her or versus them. And, you know, they're getting more likes than I am, or their sponsors are doing this and not me. And, Oh my God, look how fit they are. Look how fit they look. I mean, all, all these pieces, which, you know, again, had their place um, back in the day pre social media, but now it's just this, this constant, this constant stream of information about others and about myself versus them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's created a level of self consciousness in athletes, in, in people in general, but right. it's created a level of self consciousness in athletes that has been extremely challenging uh, for many athletes to override um, because there's this constant notion of like, yeah, I am like this, but look, she's so much better or, or look, or look at this person. And, you know, back in the day, it was just like, oh my God, look who's on the start list. It's so-and-so she's so mm-hmm. good. And it would just, just, I mean, it was the whole start list thing is another whole conversation. Right. But it's like, yeah. oh no, she's racing or, oh, they pulled out. So that means this. And, you know, instead of like, well, you, you know, it's still the same course you go, go do you. Right. Um, but, but but, I mean, essentially that's where we want to get people to, but again, it's helping people manage their tendency to be distracted to that place, acknowledging, wow, I'm doing this to myself right now. You know, you're asking specifically, how do I, how do I deal with this? So again, every athlete's unique and different, right. But, But generally speaking, an acknowledgement, wow, I do this a lot to myself. I really spend more time on social media than's probably healthy, um, you know, what is a healthy level of, of social media attachment and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and scrolling and whatever. Um, and, and what am I doing with that information? Like a, as I'm looking at things, as I'm looking at start lists, as I'm looking at other people's training sessions, as I'm seeing somebody else's blog or whatever, mm-hmm. how am I interpreting that? And how is that, how, how is that being integrated into what I'm feeling about myself? Or is that a distraction to me? Or is that, is that inspiring to me? Great. If it's an inspiration, awesome. If it's something where now I'm feeling 
not very well about myself. Oh, I thought I had a really good training session yesterday till I looked over and Susie, you know, she did so much better than I did. So now I feel like crap about my training session. Like what, 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 what just happened? You know? So yeah. th th this is an ongoing thing for, for, for triathletes, for athletes and every, frankly, across the domain. Um, and, and the, this whole notion of being constantly driven towards comparison vis-a-vis, vis-a-vis, um, uh, social media, uh, and and just you know looking across the pool and and looking looking across the the pack uh, in my in my training sessions those things um, have a real tendency to be discouraging to be disappointing to create a sense of failure where where success was actually uh, what what happened um, and that, that's that's a that I would say that takes up a great majority of the the conversations that I have particularly early on with athletes when I first start working with them. Right. And then you're trying to help them reframe some of those things, I would imagine, to a point where exactly they're, not, they're not so pernicious or corrosive in part of their you know, daily, daily training, daily life. Right. Exactly that. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm not ever going to get to nor would I want to get to a place where, you know, people, you know, never think about that or like your brain. It's like we're not, you know, we're not doing a lobotomy. People are going to think what they think and they're going to they're going to have their habits of of of, of uh, uh seeing that or comparing or whatever the challenge back to it is, is that reframe partly because now I'm aware I'm doing it to myself. I can reframe it and I basically give it less power and I don't just keep chewing on the same thing over and over again, sort of like going down a rabbit hole of thought or emotion. Um, it's more like I, I stop that so that I'm not just continuing down a road in my mind with this. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an, it's a normal thing to compare. It's a normal thing to stand on the starting line, feel a little like, Oh gosh, look how fit and whatever. But it's like, what do you do with that information once it comes in? Mm -hmm. And if I, what I do with it is, Hey, good for her. And now I'm, now I'm about me. No big deal. If it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe, look at that. And now it's all about her and not about me. Now you're in trouble. You haven't even started the race. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So to wrap up, Jeff, um, I know, obviously, there's still a ton of uncertainty in, in our sport, at least, about races that are coming up. And we're approaching, you know, we're fast approaching the fall and winter when typically it's like the off season and people get excited about getting fit and strong for the for the season ahead. But we don't really know what's, you know, what is ahead and when races will fully return. From a mental yeah. perspective, as a mental coach, how do you help athletes? You know, what would be your advice to athletes who, you know, are looking yeah. at, continued uncertainty at this point yeah um i, I would say train as if it's going to happen right uh, until you until you know it's not yeah um you know I, what i what i what i would prefer for my athletes is to not be sort of committed to sort of maybe being ready for that race that might happen because mm -hmm. now you're not all in you're not all in on today getting better you, you're yep. You're, you're, you're hoping it happens and sort of hedging that it might not. And, you know, to me, it's like commitment. I, I'm a, I'm a real gray guy. Like I, I feel like there's so much flexibility in how we think and so much flexibility about how we, how we become great. And that's right. I am a big believer. There's no right way to train anything. I believe there's just an effective way for you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and your job is to figure out what works best for you. Uh, but the one place where I am very black and white is related to the concept of commitment Mm -hmm. You know, you're either all, you're either all in on something or you're not, I see like yeah. if you're 99% committed, then you're not committed. Mm -hmm. And so I feel as though what happens with uncertainty is it starts to stress the commitment levels of people. Yes. And what I'm trying, what I try to impress with my athletes is, yeah, we don't know if it's going to happen then. And we might even make the assumption, you know, reasonable, rational assumption that there's a likelihood that it won't, 
but I want you to commit and train as if it's going to happen until or unless we hear otherwise, you know, and again, this is all worked collaboratively with the, with the coach. Cause we're not, you know, we're not going like, to, if, if we don't want to like, you know, uh, again, the whole periodization piece and how that factors in is, is, is the caveat here where I work collaboratively with the coach on that. But from a mental perspective, I want to assume it's going to happen January 15th. You're going to race. That's the day that they say, or February 20th or whatever it is. That's the day you're going to race until they tell you otherwise mentally prepare and train today as if that's going to happen with the recognition that if that does get kicked down the road, it will manage that reasonable disappointment, but it's still about one day better. It's still about, okay, now it's March instead of February. It sort of doesn't matter because you're still a day better. You know, yes. you, you're better today than when you were yesterday. So whenever you get to apply that is sort of irrelevant. And I do appreciate the pull. As I said, as I was saying earlier, I appreciate the pull towards that competition day one, but I really would prefer the push of getting better every day. And, and that to me is sort of agnostic, like we're independent of like when we race is sort of not relevant from a mental perspective. Cause I'm just going to go get better today. When they let me race, I'm going to race until then. I'm going to keep working on my on my daily process and get and get better today. Yeah, I was about to say that's that's very process versus versus outcome, which is yeah, exactly keeping you that. keeping you healthy, keeping you on the right track. Exactly that. Yeah, very always cool. being prepared. Again, I, I want to I want to I want to load this body, this body and this mind. I want to load this body and mind so that it's prepared to fire when when we actually get to do it right. And yeah, it's, again, it's easier and it's cleaner and it's more comfortable and all those things. If we know, yes, it's going to happen. Yes, this is the date. And, you know, let's say, you know, go back a year and it's like, okay, here's the race and you're signed up and it's good to go. And, you know, well, it's not like that anymore. It's not like that now. And we don't know when it's going to be like that. And so again, we can either wish it, we can wish, wish upon a star that it was the way that it was, or we can, you know, develop strategies and how do I stay engaged today, fully committed to my training process, all in on this and, and, be fed by the daily knowledge that I'm getting better every day. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting faster. I'm, I'm moving towards mastery because at the end of the day, what I really am trying to inspire in athletes is, is a notion of pursuit of excellence, pursuit of mastery, mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to chase a, a medal or chase a trophy or chase a whatever. Um, and if we're moving towards mastery, it doesn't matter when your competitions are. It's about go get better today. And we keep moving in that trending in that direction towards excellence. Yeah. And then to, to speak to that, it doesn't matter whether you're a new, you know, a new triathlete who's just taken up the sport or you're a world champion who's won a host of titles. You're, it's all about doing, you know, getting better for you. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you know, go, go beat your yesterday, beat your, beat you, your yesterday, you go beat her. That That's your goal. Go, go beat her. Okay. And, Jeff, and I'm it on might, it. It, <laughs> go, go do it. You know, and, and it might be, and, and, and just a, just a one last piece here, um, because sometimes people misinterpret what that means. That doesn't mean that every single day you're going to be faster. It no. doesn't mean that every single day it's five pounds more on the, on, on, on the bar, right? What it means is, is that you are going to do something today that's additive to the comprehensive you. And sometimes that means a day where your training isn't very, you know, your, your training day sucked and your body was, you were weak and you, and you were fatigued or whatever. Um, you just got a day more experienced. You just got a day more, you got a day wiser about, okay, what adjustments do I make? Cause I didn't recover today very well from yesterday. That's, mm -hmm. that's information that you just got, you got better through the information that you gleaned from the reflection of how did, what, what happened today and how do I use that information to help me to apply it, to get better. 
So it's about getting better in terms of wisdom and experience and reflection and those kinds of things, as well as, you know, getting an extra rep in or dropping my time by or whatever. Because I think often when I say get a day better or beat yesterday's you, it's like, well, that's nonsensical. How am I going to I'm not going to be faster every day for 365 days. Like, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is be wiser, be more experienced, be more reflective, take the lesson and apply it. And if we're applying lessons every day, then every day, obviously we're, we're, we're better. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hopefully I think you've inspired a lot of people to be one day better. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Lots of very useful information that will help motivate and inspire a lot of people, I think. So yes, thank you. We appreciate your time and uh, all of your expertise. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us, Jeff. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and rate and review us. It helps more people find our show. We'll be back next month with an off-season strength special to help get you set up for winter training. Until then, happy training.